podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Green Tech Today is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. When you think of Hawaii, it's all about sandy beaches, Mai Tais, and palm trees swaying in the wind. And that wind is a palpable force. The Hawaiian language has more words to describe wind than you can imagine. And today, that wind is being harnessed to help the 50th state get some much-needed energy independence. Welcome to Green Tech Today. I'm Becky Worley, and in a departure from our traditional Green Tech format, we're doing an interview today via Skype with Kekoa Kaluhiva. He works for a company called First Wind. They are a development company that has created a wind farm and are working to create a very interesting project to try and help uh, one of the most remote places on Earth gain energy independence. Welcome, Kekoa. Thanks very much, Becky. Welcome. Uh, thank you uh, for having me. Uh, you know, te- let's just start by describing what people would see. Kekoa's on Oahu right now, um, where they have a new project that they've they've just put online. But I want to start on the island of Maui. And I'll start by saying I grew up on Maui. And so the first time I came home, when this new wind farm had been put up, it's called Kaheava. Is that right? That's right. And the first time I saw it, I was shocked. And when you're flying into Maui, you see this incredible structure on the mountain. So describe what you see when you're standing down in central Maui and you look up at the West Maui Mountains. Sure. So our company has a a commercial scale wind farm on the island of Maui. There's 20 wind turbines made by a U.S. manufacturer, GE. Uh, They were uh, put in operation in June of 2006. And so almost five years now, we have 20 turbines up here, up on the on, on the hills of Ma'alaya. And that those 20 turbines are providing between 9 to 10 percent of Maui's energy needs. That's roughly enough uh, electricity to power about 11,000 homes on the island of Maui. Uh, the facility itself is very centrally located and it's very visible. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you think about it, a lot of people have that sort of NIMBY perspective, not in my backyard and in a place that's known for its beauty and makes its right. uh, its income on tourism. It was shocking to me at first to see it so centrally located and so visual. But then I realized a huge part of where you place wind turbines has to do with transmission. So talk a little bit about that in terms of this particular facility. Sure. So Maui Electric Company actually is the utility on the uh, on the island there. Their, their transmission line runs directly across Kaheava, just where our project site is. It, that feeds towards Lahaina as well as back towards Kahului. So it's an ideal location. It's also, we're also on conservation land that's owned by the state of Hawaii. So, uh, you know, it's a source of revenue for the state having us uh, have our wind project there. It is also ideal because we're not really abut any, uh, we're not close to any residential areas, if you will, uh, up on that particular location. And, and we're very excited, Becky, as you know, we're going to be expanding that wind farm later this year. We're going to add 14 more turbines uh, to that project site. Talk a little bit, I want to back into the new project and get 
specific about that. But first, talk a little bit about why energy independence is so important in Hawaii. And I'll I'll set it up a little bit. Growing up in Hawaii, whenever there were two two events would make you realize that you were in the most geographically isolated spot on the earth in terms of distance from a um, a mainland continental um, entity. Um, one was if there was a hurricane or a big storm coming, all the toilet paper would disappear from the shelves <laughs> of the local stores and all the canned goods and all the spam, of course. And then if there was ever a dock workers strike and you knew that the boats wouldn't be coming in, then the same sense of scarcity made you realize how dependent you were on outside forces bringing things to Hawaii. Um, talk a little bit about that and that geographic uh isolationism and why energy independence is so important for Hawaii. And I have to note also, this is the reason why I think, you know, this series is called the top 25 green tech innovators. And I think for me personally, it's a part of my hometown story, but to see this kind of energy independence in a place that would be totally shut down if we lost foreign oil, that's why I think this is a big innovation. So talk a little bit about how important this is for Hawaii and for Maui. Absolutely. So all of our goods here in Hawaii, as you mentioned, we are the most remote uh, uh, islands in the world. And so all of our goods have to be brought in either by boat or by plane. We are over over 90 percent of our energy needs here in Hawaii comes from foreign imported fuel, oil, and uh, as well as some coal. So it's important. You know, we are paying now four times more than any other state for energy, uh, for electricity. we have, you know, uh, we also have probably the most abundant uh, resources available to us, natural, uh, renewable, clean resources such as wind and biofuels, wave, geothermal. So it makes perfect sense that we seriously begin to look at how Hawaii can be self-sustaining, independent of foreign imported fuel. Um, one of the things I alluded to earlier is, you know, there are all these Hawaiian words for wind, kamakani, you know, there's all different right. kinds of wind. You've got the wind coming off the ocean, the wind coming off the mountain. What is it about the wind in Hawaii that is so unique? That's right. So that's a great point. There are hundreds of names uh, in, in Hawaiian uh, thought. Each location in Hawaii has a specific name for that particular wind. Um, at our Kahiawa project, as you mentioned, that is a reference of uh, to that wind that comes from the windward side of Maui and crosses over uh, the uh, the area there that we are at Maalaya Kahiawa. And so, um, we have some of the most abundant wind resource uh, in the United States, if not the world, especially where we're at on the island of Maui. Uh, in terms, you know, in the industry, they they look at what's called a net capacity factor where you pair the efficiency of the turbine used to the abundance of wind, how how regular and how strong that wind resource is. Um, looking at the net capacity factor of, of uh, the islands here in, in Hawaii, Maui in particular, where we're at, there is some of the best wind resource in all of the world for a wind project. It was interesting because in the in the what was it the eighties and nineties one of the big industries was windsurfing. All the people would come <laughs> over from Germany and come from Oregon and say, "Oh yeah, the wind on Maui is so great." Um, what and you know there are lots of places on Maui where the wind blows stronger um, and. Mm-hmm. 
but the thing that I learned when I was kind of learning about wind, I went out to Denmark and got to meet a lot of people who were investing in wind there and also in Kansas. And what I learned is it's the consistency of the wind that's really important when you have a turbine and you're trying to create predictable inflow um, of energy that you can transfer to a utility. Um, is that something that made that particular location so um, desirable? That's, that's exactly right. With our moderate climate here in Hawaii, we have a, a fairly consistent wind resource throughout the year versus uh, other, other places in the world where it's more seasonal. So that's a, a great benefit being uh, where we're at uh, on Maui, a consistent wind resource. And also it's the time of day at which the wind blows is important because you want it to be blowing at the same time as the consumption of energy is happening. Um, but how does that translate in Hawaii? Does that work out? I mean, obviously we have a great solar resource in Hawaii, but um, in terms of wind, is it more consistent because you have night wind or does it die down? Uh, it's actually a consistency throughout the day and night, I would say. I don't know offhand what would be the better time of day. It's been fairly consistent. Um, what is interesting with that Maui wind project, and as you mentioned, we've, we've just put another one online here on Oahu, is that we're applying the first uh, battery system to any wind project in, uh, in the United States here on Oahu and eventually later this year at the, uh, the Maui wind project, the expanded part of that project. Um, that's uh, innovative technology that we're providing there. And, and basically it's providing sh you know, short-term storage but more importantly, we're able to uh, control the output of the energy from the wind farm to the utilities transmissions, uh, transmission lines, which is something that uh, is very, very important and needed on small scale um, uh, utilities such as those that we have here in Hawaii. Let's talk about the build out here because you just put a facility um, online in Kahuku, which, as you mentioned, is on Oahu. And that is, as I researched, about the same output as Maui. That's correct. So we, we have uh, 12 wind turbines made by Clipper Wind Power uh, that we've just put into operation last week, actually, March 23rd, the official uh, commercial operation uh, and ribbon cutting of that. Um, that is providing also 30 megawatts to the island of Oahu. And for your listeners and viewers, just so that they understand, each of the islands here in Hawaii are electrically isolated. That is the challenge that we face as we bring up more renewables. Um, how do we actually transfer some of that energy uh, from where the resource is to where the, the, the need is? Uh, as, as most people know, the, the bulk of the population reside here on Oahu. Uh, close to a million people, uh, it's it's uh, important that we, we look at all the possibilities here on Oahu, how we can bring up renewable energy sources, but also how we sort of look at the bigger picture of how we can tie in our outer islands and, uh, and, and tap into those resources there as well. Well, the, a huge part of green innovation is the green economy and how this energy and, and clean energy can create new industry. And as you know, as you look at Hawaii, which is you know, struggling to create 
in a create industry because it's so geographically isolated. It's not like you can manufacture things in Hawaii. We've seen that it's hard for them even to grow things like sugar and pineapple and remain um, competitive because of the cost of transportation. And so when you look at the opportunities for a green economy, so instead of bringing in oil, as you mentioned, to pay these absorbent rates for energy and gas, what alternatives do we have to create this industry in Hawaii? So talk a little bit about the pretty large-scale expansion ideas for the Big Wind Project to take this not only to Oahu and Maui, but to take it over to some of the outer islands that are less populated, like Molokai and Lanai. And let's just start by setting it up um, and talk a little bit about Molokai and Lanai. Um, They're in Maui County. Lanai is privately owned, and Molokai Mm -hmm. is a very unique environment. Talk a little bit about those two places and the ideas uh, of how they could create uh, an energy economy on those islands. Absolutely. So to take it a, a, just a, a quick step back, here in Hawaii, we have the Hawaii Clean Energy Initiative. It was a mandate put forward in 2008, basically saying that our utilities need to come up with 70% renewable clean sources of energy by the year 2030. Mm-hmm. So the big wind project that you're referring to is a big part of that um, equation, how we're able to bring the, the wind resource that's actually uh, better on the outer islands, uh, the l- land and wind being uh, available on, on Molokai and Lanai, possibly Maui, how we can tie that into the island of Oahu where the need, the greatest need is. And, and so, can I interrupt uh, one question, which is, sure. why is the wind better on Maui, Molokai and Lanai than it is on Oahu? You know, I couldn't tell you. I, I have <laughs> looked at the, the maps that the state of Hawaii has put together which clearly shows that I'm not sure why it is that that Maui and and Lanai and actually uh, uh, Molokai why it is uh, sufficiently better than Oahu. I can't quite explain that to you today, but I yeah. promise. Yeah, I mean, you I was I was thinking about that. I was like, what is it? Is it that because the mountains are higher? You know, obviously they have more of a saddle for the wind to be directed through. But it was interesting, you know, that obviously the mountains on Oahu are, are lower than Haleakala, which is ten thousand feet on Maui. So I was just kind of curious if there was any known reason for that. So, anyways, I interrupted you, but go on, big wind. That'd be a topic for the next show. I'll have an answer <laughs> for sure. I'll check with our technicians on why that is. <laughs> but you take my word for it today that. Uh, Definitely uh, Molokai, Lanai, and, and Maui have great wind resource. Um, and so what the state is trying to look at is how we can tie that in. So they're looking at possibly having 200 megawatts of, of wind energy coming from Lanai, 200 megawatts coming from Molokai, and also as a second phase, possibly tying in to, uh, to Maui. And our company in particular, we've been trying to develop the uh, wind project on the island of Molokai. We've, we've actually been working with the community there, there since 2007, so almost uh, four years now. We are somewhat at a, at a stalemate, if you will, right now. We were not able to secure the land area necessary for uh, uh, the wind project, uh, but we are still working with the community to see what can be done there. Um, we are also advocating that the state of Hawaii seriously consider tying in Maui as a priority uh, in this whole big wind um, effort. As, as you mentioned, uh, we are expanding the Maui wind farm. There's uh, other renewable resources available there that it makes sense. It makes for good policy to include all three islands uh, or four islands, including Oahu, into this uh, big wind project. 
Well, and that's the part that I think is so fascinating from a technical perspective is the tie-in. This is an underwater cable that would allow current to flow from one island, uh, you know, specifically Lanai, Molokai, Maui, over to Oahu, which has a higher population. Um, and we've talked about this a lot on this network because Google got invested in the Cape Wind project. And instead of actually facilitating the windmills, they decided to do backbone infrastructure by figuring out how to tie all the offshore wind into a cable that they would actually invest in. And that is a huge investment, right? That's right. That's right. It would be an expensive project, but uh, I believe the estimates now are somewhere between $600 million up to a billion dollars to, to ha have that cable installed. But if you consider that we're spending as a state close to $7 billion a year on our energy needs importing fuel, it makes for, it makes sense to to make this uh, short term investment for for the the, the future. Um, what I didn't mention, you know, folks often ask, well, what's the benefit to the outer islands if this cable goes to? And the the quick response is, first of all, the islands of Molokai and Lanai, the residents there are paying double, just about double, what the residents on Oahu pay for their energy, their utility bills. Um, if we're able to tie in these outer islands. Uh, the, the utility will likely have what's called levelized rates. It would uh, offer the outer island residents the same uh, rates as Oahu uh, has, and essentially half the cost of the uh, uh, energy for the outer island residents. That's one of the biggest benefits in having all of these islands tied in into one, uh, one utility system. You know, when I was in Denmark, one of the things that they did to try and create goodwill amongst all of the residents, especially in this one specific island that we profiled here on the series called Samso, is that they allowed them to create a co-op where individual members of the community could buy into an investment of a wind turbine. Um, and I'm wondering if, if the state of Hawaii, I mean, this is all kind of theoretical, and I don't necessarily expect you to be able to answer this, Keikoa, so don't sweat too hard. <laughs> but, right. um, you know, if if the benefit of the of the cable coming to Molokai, coming to Lanai, coming to Maui, and then going straight to Oahu, the consumer, um, you know, basically the consumption point, is um, if a co-op could ever access into that cable and therefore be able to create some sort of investment opportunity in green tech for residents of Molokai, or maybe they get together and say, hey, you know, uncle so-and-so has his ranch land out here. Let's go through the process and get a turbine in. And, you know, five of us will make a hui, which is what you kind of call an investment group in Hawaii. We'll make a hui, we'll pay for the turbine and we'll hook into the cable. Is that something that would be out of the realm of the possible? Uh, I would not rule that out. Uh, at the end of the day, it's actually up to the utility and the Public Utilities Commission here to make that decision. Uh, we're advocating, as I said, for, for them to seriously consider Island of Maui for that reason. There's more than one. There's, it's not only wind, it's, it's biofuels, geothermal, all of the other renewable energy uh, sources that we can seriously consider uh, going forward. Absolutely. Do you, this is sort of off topic, but you know, Hawaii is interesting because it has something like six of the seven climates on the planet all exist in the island archipelago and that 
it's a very unique geographic environment. And you mentioned biofuels, and obviously solar is huge in a place that has as much sun as Hawaii does. Um, what other um, what other green tech is being innovated? Um, just if you can kind of casually mention what you know of that is happening. And you said biofuels. Is that algae? What's going on there? Yeah, my understanding, we have algae being looked at here on Oahu. Uh, certainly biofuels, uh, the burning of sugar cane on the island of Maui. Um, we have H-Power, uh, the burning of the, the garbage here on Oahu for energy. Uh, geothermal is is very big right now on the big island of Hawaii, and they're also looking at possibly tapping into geothermal energy uh, on Maui. Uh, solar, as you've mentioned, is is another big one. Uh, all of these resources are available here in Hawaii. So, as I mentioned, it, it's no excuse not to seriously consider how we tap into all of those resources uh, to be energy independent. Well, hmm. Kekoa, okay, I mean, it's a fascinating conversation. And um, it's sort of, um, this is one of those things where it's great to be a broadcaster because you get to answer or ask the questions that you, you think of yourself and you wonder, hey, this is my hometown and I don't know anything about this amazing thing that's up on the mountain there. Um, and for me personally, as you know, I started this conversation by saying the first time I saw the Maui Wind Project, I was sort of taken aback because visually it took this beautiful mountain and put something very man-made on it. But then when you realize that 10% of the energy can be made from that, it helps you make peace because you see it as something that's going to help us maintain the lifestyle in Hawaii. So um, it's been great for me to learn a little bit more about this. And I really appreciate your time, Kekoa. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mahalo to all of your, uh, your viewers for listening in. Thank you so much for watching. I'm Becky Worley.